Taxi. This is the 77 WABC minicast. And joining us now is the 48th Attorney General of the great state of Virginia, Attorney General Jason Mayar is joining us now. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, boy, uh, what's your big vision, first of all, for Virginia? There's a lot on your plate. Well, you know, I like to, I was just uh, with, with Governor Yunkin, and I like to joke, I don't feel like I'm the Attorney General of Virginia. I feel like I'm the janitor of Virginia because we have cleaned up a lot of messes, which has both been a challenge, but both a joy whether it was this insane parole board letting it, having early release of violent offenders and seeing the corruption that happened there, investigating what happened in Loudoun where we indicted the superintendent of the schools and, and had a trial on, on the great tragedy that happened there with the sexual assaults happening in the schools. Um, and what the Governor Yunkin has done, I think what he has done is remarkable, the Virginia Renaissance where he has taken Virginia and turned it around. Uh, but there's a lot of work we've done, a lot of work to do as we kind of move forward. And, you know, as attorney general, I have a really fun job. I get to wake up in the morning and sue the federal government, which not many people get that opportunity. But uh, it's something in, in both there and then bad corporate actors like uh, big tech and uh, a variety of other investigations. So it is a busy job, but it is one that uh, we have a lot of joy. And we're doing a lot of great work down in the Commonwealth. Attorney General John Katsimatidis, how... Um What's your biggest problems in Virginia? I mean, in New York, we got the migrant crisis, we got uh, people crossing the borders, we got fentanyl. Give us your your big problems for Virginia. Well, I will say the problem we were dealing prior to 2021 was, I think, actually, it is a crisis that affects the entire country, which is a sense of apathy, which is a sense that uh, people felt like nothing can change. But what we think, I think, in Virginia is who you elevate to power and to positions of leadership matter and we had a problem of we had this total left-wing control that happened in virginia they were taking virginia on the way to california and we saw a real remarkable turnaround in 2021 after our election where we rolled up our sleeves we got big things done we instead of trying to defund the police we invested in the police we we supported law enforcement we had five billion dollars plus in tax cuts we rolled back regulations so i think virginia in some ways has been a model of what happens when you elevate the right people into businesses, positions of leadership. But candidly, as much as we've done, uh, there is a host of bills and laws that we continue to fight battles with to try to reverse bad bad laws that got passed before we ever took office that we're trying to overcome. But I would say personally for me, I think our great challenge, one of the great defining moments for us as a country is what we're seeing happening on our college campuses. The fact that you are seeing the most recent poll I showed that a majority of 18 to 24-year-olds are siding with Hamas over Israel on our college campuses is simply stunning for me uh, because at a time when we need moral clarity, there's total moral confusion, and you have a lot of young people that are really uh, marching with the wrong players. They often hear young people say, we want to be on the right side of history. Talk about being on the wrong side of history. And I had the pleasure before Thanksgiving to go over to Israel uh, for a visit um both meeting with the government officials, but also seeing firsthand the tragedy there. And you see quickly who the who the good actors, who's the right side and who's the wrong side. And Hamas, by every, uh, by every objective measure, is no different than ISIS, and they need to be defeated thoroughly. And the fact that we're having this moral confusion on our college campuses, I think that's one of the great challenges. One of my favorite quotes from Plato is that the two most important questions for a civilization is who teaches the children and what do they teach them? And I think that is so relevant today. So I think that is our great challenge right now 
of what's happening in our education system that we have so many young people. I mean, heck, only about a third of 18 to 29-year-olds in America say they have a love of America. So a free society cannot survive if you have an entire generation of young people who don't understand this is indeed that second that that last best hope on earth that has given so many second chances. So I'd say those are the challenges that we face. What do you what can be done to clamp down on where in some cases some of these protests are getting violent? Uh, we've seen them even burning the American flag. And one of the things I know uh, you talked about with us too was also going after some of these groups that are potentially funding Hamas through Palestinian right. groups. Uh, what's the status on both of those? Well, I you know I would say the first thing to do is. Uh, you have to reject apathy. Um, I think to realize, I do think there's a silent majority in America that oftentimes gets so disgusted by politics, they stay home, and the world is run by those that show up. So I think it's the first thing is to reject apathy. I think we saw that shift in in Virginia. But I think, particularly on our college campuses, it requires real moral clarity and leadership from our college presidents. So that's one thing we've been encouraging. And in Virginia, our board of trustees, our board uh, that, that, that governs our universities, are our board of visitors. And uh, those are appointed by the governor uh, that's a rolling board appointment. So most of our universities, at least in Virginia, will have majority control by Yunkin appointees in July of next year. That's going to be seismic because I think for too long you've seen in higher ed a lack of accountability um, yes, uh, one of my roles is, as attorney general is overseeing charities. And so we're looking into, and we have an active investigation to a charity in Virginia, American Muslims for Palestine. It's based in Northern Virginia, right outside DC. Uh, the allegations is that they have, uh, two allegations that we are currently tracking down. One, they were not properly registered in Virginia as required by law, but the bigger, uh, allegation and investigation is whether they were improperly uh, funneling money to designated terrorist organizations because we have a, a clear, explicit law in Virginia that a charity cannot solicit funds and then donate money. We know that Hamas is a, a for example, a designated terrorist group, not just by the United States, but the European Union. So um, those are measured twice, cut once investigations, um, and there'll be more information coming as we're ready to release that. But we're kind of the opposite of the Merrick Garland Justice Department where they leak everything, uh, that is not how we do we do things. We're very thorough how we do, um, and so we're very very proud of the team that we're that that's conducting the investigation. Well, General, uh, there's an election coming up. The the, the uh, uh, Virginia governor is only one term. Do you look <laughs> towards the future? Well, you know, we, 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 we have to get through this session This uh, that's going to start in early January. I think you'll see some big announcements coming in the spring. There is a joke in Virginia that AG stands for aspiring governor because uh, a lot of former attorney generals like Bob McDonald and Jim Gilmore uh, go on to the, the governor's mansion. So I think you'll see news coming out of Virginia, but we want to get through the session. we got a lot to work to do. But uh, I will say this. Uh, Virginia is the only state in the union where the governor's not allowed to run for re-election. We're very unique. People say, how is that possible? Well, blame the Revolutionary War and Lord Dunmore, and I can get into that later when he abolished the assembly. Never got over that. So they only allow our governors uh, to serve one term, and uh, they can't run directly for re-election. So uh, Governor Yunkin is broadly popular. He's done amazing work. I call it the Virginia Renaissance. His approval rating is around 60% in Virginia, which is a swing state. Uh, and he can't he can't run for re-election. I wish that he could. I think he's done a remarkable job. And so I think the real defining moment 
I think, of 2025 is, do you want to go the way of Washington? you want to go to the way of, of Virginia and common sense leadership? Washington, where they've created an inflation crisis with $12 trillion of debt spending just in the last four years, where they're not backing our law enforcement officers, where they have a an explosion, an immigration crisis on our border that is that is simply uh, changing New York City into a border City, do you want an economic model that that has seen record low unemployment in Virginia, that's invested in law enforcement, that stand with small businesses? I think you have a real contrast in Virginia as a real, real model of two very, very different types of leadership. Even though we're separated from Washington just a couple of miles, but it is a very, very different type of leadership what you have in Richmond versus what you have in Washington, D.C. General Mayoris, thank you for stopping by uh, today, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Always a pleasure.